Hi friends, my name is Joseph Rutledge and today we are bringing you another showcase episode from the very first installment of Kill FM. This one is brought to you by a very good friend of mine and one of the smartest, most generous people I know. The name is Saf the Something and the show is The Supernatural Protection Company. Normally I gush and introduce everything myself, but in this case they did such a great job introducing the episode, I think I'm just gonna let them tell you all about it. We have some exciting things coming up soon, a few standalone pieces to bridge the gap between installment one and installment two, and friends, the lineup we have for Kill FM2 is outstanding. An even mix of some creators you know and some you are definitely going to know. I have been lucky enough to hear some of these segments already, friends, and I gotta tell you, this is another one you will never forget. So keep your eyes on the feed and expect another broadcast very soon. This is the Supernatural Protection Company. Hi folks, I'm Saf the Something, and I'm here to tell you about my show, The Supernatural Protection Company. Set in a world where the paranormal is actually very mundane, the next logical step is to just buy insurance coverage against such things, right? Enter the SPC and their customer service center, ready to help callers with all manner of issues across the insurance gambit. Perhaps your old roommate cursed the oven to burn everything? Is the corner your cat keeps staring at not the one you know a creature works in? Or maybe you just want to set up an inspection to make sure your new home isn't already home to... something else. Unlike many of my extremely skilled friends who focus on drama, mystery, horror, and ambitious overarching plots, this show will never do any of that. What it will hopefully do is make you laugh, both from the ridiculous problems people call in for and the very evident pain it puts our customer service agent through. With forays into sci-fi and fantasy, along with the expected monsters and ghosts, there is something for every kind of fiction lover. There are both scripted and improvised episodes, not to mention the occasional crossover with some other great audio drama creators. For more information and links to socials, visit our website at thespcpodcast.card.co. The Supernatural Protection Company releases a new episode every month and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. So even if you hate this first one, you may as well just keep listening to stay up to date. Hello, this is customer service with the Supernatural Protection Company. Am I speaking to Mr. Ken Hartford? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this is this about the tree? Yes, that is correct. Before we proceed, I just need you to recite your policy number so I can verify your identity. Uh, give me one sec. I have the papers here. Um, that's going to be STN... DC-1095. Thank you very much, Mr. Hartford. We are reaching out after an incident occurred at your newly purchased property located at 78 Millward Road. 
one of our home inspectors was sent out to assess any changes that might be needed before your new policy can come into effect, and they came back with some kind of curse mark. Could you please describe the visit from your point of view? Oh my... Oh my... I, it, he's, he's okay, right? I... Oh, yes, he is completely fine. There was no lasting damage or impact. We are well accustomed to these kinds of incidents happening, and it's all been taken care of. Okay, yeah, I saw him wince as he left the lot, but I didn't realize. Um, yeah, so, I I had him, I called you guys out here, because, uh, the, uh, the seller said that there might be some sort of activity and that I wanted to, quote-unquote, cover all my bases. I wasn't really sure what that meant, but, uh, yeah, we, we got to the lot and, um, got out of the car and there was sort of like a weird groaning noise, and I thought it was the vehicle at first, but... The noise was coming from the tree in the front yard. Uh, we, I mean, we ignored it. I thought it might be creaking because it was just kind of old, but we walked around the rest of the house and the groaning got louder. Stepped out onto the front porch. He pointed up towards some branches that he said might need trimmed or cut off because of, well, you know, home insurance policy before they were willing to cover it. But then the groaning got louder and like almost felt like it was shaking the earth and that's when uh, your inspector winced and uh, kind of closed up everything pretty quick and drove off. And nothing more happened after you were left alone at the house? I mean not really. The groaning got a little bit quieter and I, I took a look at the tree. It's it, I mean the roots are really old and gnarled and I, I don't know, it's just, it's an older tree. I didn't, I've never really dealt with anything like this before. Uh, I mean, like, you know, everyone's had their cousin who tells the odd ghost story, and that's why we've got you guys. But, um, yeah, I got in my car and drove away, just went back to my apartment. Um, kind of freaked me out, so. Yes, it's completely understandable why you would be freaked out. Barring abnormal circumstances, this is absolutely a manageable problem, even if it isn't a routine one. We understand how trying situations such as this can be for the average person, and are honored that you have chosen us here at the Supernatural Protection Company to help you through it. So, uh, is, is there anything I can do? Can I, like, move or uproot the tree? It's, it's extremely old. Well, in cases like this, it would appear that there is some form of sentience to the tree. So our next steps would be determining whether the tree is capable of communication past the curse it put on our inspector. And we would just want to make sure that everything is squared away on that front, because entities like this do have a certain amount of rights, and while you as the new homeowner also have rights to the building and surrounding property, these things can get a little bit tricky, especially when the other party may not necessarily be able to communicate their desires or assumed rights to us. So you're saying the tree has a right to be on this? I mean, I've already bought and paid for the house. Like, I got pre-approved and everything. Yes, sir. We completely understand your concerns. Buying a home is never a quick decision, and you are absolutely entitled to certain things having gone through that process. However, you said the tree was quite old, correct? Are you... are you implying that the tree has squatter's rights? It's difficult to say in these situations. We, of course, do not make the laws at the Supernatural Protection Company. 
We are merely here to help you navigate through these situations and to find the best solutions to them. So if your state, for example, has specific squatters' rights surrounding supernatural entities, things can be a little bit trickier, but typically we can resolve these sorts of situations without much trouble. Okay, um, is there... I mean, is there anything I can do here? If you could just provide us with a little bit more information about the previous owner, that might help us to determine things such as how long the tree has been there and why it may feel a certain entitlement to where it is to the point of placing a curse on someone. Um, let's see, uh, looks like, I think, I think I remember the, uh, realtor saying that he had, he passed away, it wasn't, it wasn't in the home, he, he'd been in a, 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 retirement home or something, but, um, the guy was in his, like, late 80s, I think? So the home was unoccupied for that period? Yeah, I, I guess for maybe like uh, a couple dozen years. I'm not, you know, I'll have to get in touch with them. But yeah, I mean, it's I mean it's the the inside of this place was covered in dust even even after the realtor tried to clean it. So it's it's definitely been more than a couple of years. All right, thank you. That is all very useful information. If you could reach out to your realtor and get the name of that prior owner, then we here can do some investigation and follow-up, potentially find some next of kin, or ask the retirement facility whether they know anything else. We can definitely come up with a solution that is good for both you and for your... woody neighbor. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, do you guys have any time frame on this? My lease is going to be up at the end of the year. Oh, yes, that is plenty of time. Our turnaround on these types of issues is usually very reasonable, just a couple of weeks at most, assuming we don't have to go through any prolonged legal proceedings. Until we can determine more specific information about the exact nature of the tree and how long it's been in existence, we can only guess at the precise time frame, but I would probably estimate a week tops for us to determine the exact nature of the situation, and depending on how amenable the tree is to some of our suggested solutions, Two or three more weeks at most is likely. Oh, thank God. Man, I mean, this whole moving process has just been so slow. It's like working in state government, so it's good to hear that it's not going to be more than a month. Well, uh, I mean, thanks for the follow-up call. I hope your guy's not uh, too cursed or anything. Um, I gotta go pick up the kids from school, so I'll, I'll uh, be in touch with that name of the guy, or the previous owner. Thank you so much for your cooperation in this matter. Now, for your records and future reference, the ID number associated with this claim is 02953. Is there anything else I can help you with today? No, I think that about does it. All right. Well, I hope that you have a lovely day, and thank you for calling us. Thanks. Bye. <sighs> okay. Case notes for this one are going to be pretty dense. There's a lot going on here, and a lot that can go wrong if we don't approach next steps carefully. So, required follow-up actions for this claim. First, we will need to reach out to one of our experts in the field of haunted horticulture to go examine the tree more closely. It doesn't sound like we can send anyone else if we don't want to risk a wrong move that might anger it further. Can't have a general investigator mistaking a beach for an elm if we want to establish friendly relations. 
While it did sound as though things only turned for the worst after our inspector mentioned trimming the branches, an action that the tree probably saw as a direct physical threat, it is still not worth the risk. And we need to make sure we're sending the right kind of tree specialist. No one here wants to sit through another four-hour lecture like after the Bonin incident last year, just because someone doesn't want to fully vet which partner we should send. Uh, let's see. While we're figuring out who to send, we'll also need to be compiling our list of possible solutions. Given the apparent age of the tree, I get the feeling it won't want to be moved unless we can promise it a really appealing new home. Which is also assuming that it doesn't have any sentimental attachments to the land either. So as soon as Mr. Hartford gets back to us with that name, research will need to get right on finding if the prior owner had anyone in his life who might be able to tell us whether the tree was sentimental to him. Things might get a bit dicey if, for example, the will stipulated that the tree was meant to inherit the property after death because it was seen as a kind of surrogate child or a close friend. Laws have changed a lot in the past decade or two, so with the house sitting empty for that long, I worry that kind of clause, which we would honor now, might have been ignored at time of death. We will probably need to make sure the specialist we send is also accompanied by some of our legal staff. They can help with negotiations, but they might also have a better idea of where the law currently is in terms of communicating the tree's implicit rights. Before we try to send any experts out to the property again, we will need to contact Mr. Hartford to clear that with him. But if we haven't heard back in a couple of days with the information about the previous owner, we'll need to reach out anyway. I am also going to forward redacted notes about this claim to our training department, so we can adjust materials to better train field staff on what is and isn't appropriate to say and do on site. While I don't think it's reasonable for our inspector to have known the tree is sentient, we should be refraining from using any kind of language that might be interpreted as a violent threat towards literally any object or even theoretical being who could be present. I think that does it for this one. I'm moving it to the in-progress queue and sending a heads up to the investigation and external partnering departments to take a look at it. Hopefully we can get this one sorted easily enough. <sighs> On to the next. This episode of the Supernatural Protection Company was improvised by Grant Ravery and Safta Something, based on a concept by Grant Ravery. It was produced by Safta Something, with cover art by Ash Letty. If you like the show or have your own supernatural issues and need advice, let us know by tweeting at the SPC Podcast. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash something for early episodes and bonus content. 